This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. Arsene Wenger's been in Japan for a year. He doesn't know anything about English football. I will love it if we beat them. It's the history of the Tottenham. I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry, I have nothing to say. Con Giovanni, yeah, incredible. Dribble, 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 dribble. Penalties? What is penalties? <laughs> Who are Man United? Sometimes you look in a field and you see a cow and you think it's a better cow than the one you've got in your own field. It's a fact, right? And it never really works out that way. No, not Maurizio Pochettino. Cows are a particularly... Uh, popular anecdote or metaphor to go for for go-to managers. Who do you think it was? Terry Venables? Sir Alex Ferguson. Oh, sorry, I wasn't about, too far off. Talking about Wayne Rooney. Why? Uh, I think this was when Wayne Rooney was... Uh, this is just a completely random quote. Yeah, because cows are, cows are in the news. Oh, okay. That's, That's your tangential link to Wayne. Yeah, because Pochettino, he saw What was he referring to? Uh, Wayne Rooney I think that was when Wayne Rooney was looking to go to Man City or uh, looking to leave United yeah because they weren't ambitious enough for his liking yeah some, I think that was they had uh, to go sign because they, they'd sold Ronaldo and signed yeah they nobody Gabriel Obertan was one of the players oh what a player in. what a player <laughs> Newcastle legend Gabriel Obertan <laughs> so yeah that, that was just uh, get to a World Cup semi-final for final? what country for the Netherlands he's not Dutch is he Dutch I could be wrong that's, I have absolutely no idea. He could, for all I know, be Dutch. Keep going. Uh, and it was good to see Thrax back at Old Trafford. Yeah, he's a lot better. I never thought I'd honestly see him back. He's uh, a French player. He's French, yeah. No. So yeah, it was good to see him back because it was only in May that uh, he had that health yeah. scare. So he's recovered. So quite a significant health scare. Yeah, four months later, he's back at Old yeah. Trafford and they released a video as well of him oh, yeah, talking. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he seems like he's doing all right. Yeah, Hopefully he'll, he'll keep going for another few years, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he will not have been happy to see Man United draw 1-1 with Wolves. Well, not in the way they drew one all with Wolves, by taking the lead and then, okay, let's, his... uh, let's use this fortuitous goal that we've scored through Fred to just, for somehow him being in the right position to receive a pass. It was a, a pass from, from, from Pogba. It was a pass about two yards. Yeah, but it was the, to take it down like that and all in one touch. Yeah, that was pretty nice. Yeah, nice no. and slick. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and then they just, okay, lads, we're 1-0 up at home against Wolves. This limited wolf side, even though you know they've invested well in Portuguese players, which you know Mourinho will will respect, and then okay, we'll just sit back and hope for the best. To be fair, like might not have done poorly against promoted sides since Mourinho's come in for some bizarre reason. They lost uh, all of the newly promoted sides away from home last year because they go one nil up and then, or they don't even go one nil up and they just kind of there's shut just, up shop. There's something about the newly promoted sides that they keep losing to. They don't but, give them enough respect, almost. Yeah, maybe it is that. But to be fair to Wolves, they don't really feel like a newly promoted side. They kind of do. do there, they? There's a lot of mistake. Like that goal wouldn't have happened with a with a Leicester City wouldn't have conceded that goal. Do you think? Like someone with a bit more experience in defending in Clever, they would have shut down that space around Paul Pogba immediately. Because, you know, his first thought isn't to, like, try and crack off a shot like it would be in the Championship, which would end up going for a corner. His first thought is, who else is available? Because yeah. he's a clever player. And Fred was there making those runs, which wouldn't have been made in the Championship. He wouldn't have been there. But then Pogba, the Pogba give it, uh, and the, the Pogba take it away. I don't, I don't, I honestly watch that goal back again. He's not the one. Of, he's no, not the sole. The, the ma- it wasn't like uh, it wasn't Stephen Gerrard slipping against Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it was like Paul Pogba gave, gives away the ball. He's, Eighty yards away. Yeah, he is. They're playing a three. They're playing a three midfield at the time. Paul Pogba's playing central attack midfielder. He's the furthest forward of those three. There's two defensive midfielders behind him in position. 
that completely screw up multiple times. Like Fred and whoever the other... Fellaini was it Was it Fellaini? Were completely like... Fellaini was caught for pace on two occasions in that move when it went right and when it went back through the centre. Fred was out of position. Paul Pogba was just jogging back into position. He didn't make a that, big I think that was the back. more egregious thing than him giving yeah, the ball. Like, like he it just playing, looks bad. He's playing... Like not playing 10, he's playing 8. But like he was at the four, the furthest forward of the three central midfielders. There was a full defence there that were caught out. Yeah, no, the, there's more to blame than just Pogba. Yeah, I think it's, it's not ridiculous. a good luck either. I, no, I and think it's ridiculous that you blame Paul Pogba for that goal. It was more of a good... But the, everyone the did. Give it to, I just wanted to get that line out. I know, I know. That's fair enough <laughs> from you. But like, but everyone did. When I heard, because I didn't see the match live, like as I saw the goal immediately after I went in, but I remember watching, being on Twitter at the time, and everyone talking about, oh, Paul Pogba is, you know... We screwed up so majorly in that goal. Yeah, no. Asada, I thought he passed the ball back to the keeper and left it short. It's it's or, a cheap you know, way to give possession away, and he doesn't really. But that's his make job. Ever to get back, but yeah, it's he's not the one to blame. He's got six solely. players behind him covering him. But Mourinho will be proud of uh, Pogba's deflection tactics this week with his quote. <laughs> his quotes. Things on Mourinho. <laughs> uh, uh, attack, attack, attack! Yeah, we are at home and we should play much better against Wolves. We are here to attack," said Pogba. Yeah. We, when we play like that, it's easier for us. Yeah, and when we yeah, so he was he went on like he went on at some length talking about it and how the adjustment at home should be you know the adjustment to playing away it should be different than playing because basically they should like Wolves are a fine side like I think they're better than a lot of pr- teams that have gotten promoted recently but United should still win Manchester that match. United's, yeah, this exactly. Is a team that in economic terms is on par with Real Madrid. You think if yeah. Real Madrid played Wolves in a league match, it would be one all. This dour is Or, all. yeah, or even if it was one all and Wolves pulled it like out. Like, it, it, it's normal enough for a team to draw one all, but this is not a one-off for Man United. No, this is the state of play for Man United. Yeah. This is the way they want to play. And that is not going to change in the foreseeable future. For every, like, they were... Who did they play last week? Um, I completely forgotten already. So have I. So they won. Forget Watford. Yeah, Watford. So Watford, you know, Watford who beaten Spurs, conquered Spurs. They play Watford and play not well. They play they, enough. They, they to had win. like a twenty minute period where they were playing better than they had. Yeah, been. they had enough to win. Same not as over boys. ninety minutes. They did not impress that much against young boys. They could have been down easily in the first half in the Champions League, and but they did enough. They had that extra bit of quality. Actually, did you see what happened with young boys? What happened to young boys? They destroyed Basel seven one. Oh, did they? Just, just a little tangent there. Seven. That's Basel are in a terrible state yeah. at the moment. But you know, young boys are inter- They're an interesting side. They went at Man United, which was what most teams don't do. What Wolves didn't do in that match, and it kind of showed maybe that's why they got caught out because the goals they conceded were almost identical. Well, not all of them, but certainly the the goal that kind of killed the match as a tie because the young boys kind of lost confidence after Pogba scored the first goal in that match. That was almost carbon copy of the goal. Fred scored. It was like Man United winning the ball at the edge of the box, or playing the ball into the edge of the box, holding possession, and then getting a chance to the midfielder rushing in. And Pogba scored that one in that case, and Fred scored this one. Yeah, and then obviously the penalty then. It was a bit of a fortuitous penalty for Manchester United, to say the least. Yeah. Against it, young boys. Exactly, and that, the match was killed. Then. Yeah, and then a 2 0. Like, if, if that, like, Man United did have chances to make a 2 0, and if United do make a 2 0 against Wolves. It probably would have been a victory yeah. for Man United, At home, but like, yeah. they just don't take the chances. Like yeah. they, like Pogba was saying, attack, attack, attack. But they did have more possession and they did yeah. go forward with it. But they just didn't test Rui Patricio but, at yeah, all. Yeah, like Wolves won United to have possession yeah. because and Mourinho doesn't want possession. He wants to counter attack. When you have the ball, you have fear. <clears> yeah, you Mourinho make mistakes. Says. You attack the team that has the ball. That's what happens. Like you don't attack when you have the ball. 
but Wolves, okay, you can have the ball back. The keeper, Ruva Trucio, okay, I'm going to kick this long. Mourinho being outdone by his own tactics. Yeah, and he's going to get used to it because it's going to happen a lot this season. Like, they have not, they've played an out-of-form Burnley. They played an open Watford. They lost to Brighton. They lost to Brighton. They lost to an out-of-sorts Tottenham. Yeah. Who would lose the next three games. Exactly. But, but like, what I am what I was getting at with that is, like, there's a lot of games they have to play against. They have to still play Man City, which will be an, a rough match. That's in December, Liverpool. I think. I'm just talking about the teams they have to play between now and Christmas, almost. But between the big matches, the 10-pole matches, between, like, I think Arsenal, they'll probably do well enough against Arsenal. But against Man City, against Liverpool, I don't think they're going to get destroyed or anything like that, but I think they'll be tough, hard matches. But the matches against the likes of... Not Cardiff, but the matches against the likes, you know, of Bournemouth. West Ham. West Ham, yeah, they play you know, next week. Exactly. They are going to be tough matches because West Ham are going to line up and they see, okay, if we want to beat them, we kind of have to get lucky the way that. It, it almost feels like the first goal, like obviously the first goal is important in any match, but yeah. it feels like in a Man United match it has an even greater importance. Like they did get the first goal against Wolves and still didn't win, yeah. but it feels like if they had conceded the first goal, they'd have lost. Yeah, it would have been tough. You'd imagine, even at home, it would have been tough. And that's what I'm saying. In West Ham, you know, I still think West Ham are not that great. But do they They have a lot of defensive players and they have a bit of pace and attack for breakaways. Just enough to worry Mourinho, enough to play probably two stronger defensive midfielders. Well, Matic was suspended for this exactly. match, which is why he, he should be back, I think, because it was double yellow, so it should only be one but match But like, against the West Ham, you don't need to play two holding midfielders when you already Generally, have yeah. a, a, a back line that's very deep line. Like, who, who's playing centre-half at the moment? Uh, Smalling and Smalling Lindelof. and Lindelof. Lindelof. He is... Remember Lindelof? I do, yeah. Big <laughs> league winner. Yeah. Uh, but he? they're playing so deep in the into the fence. They're playing on the edge of their own... 16 yard box and the midfielder are just maybe 5-10 yards they're not squeezing that much space like they're playing the match over a big area allowing to give the possession to the other team when they have the ability to get the ball which isn't that often because my eye do end up just with the ball just because the quality of players they have but against West Ham like it's not going to sit back live in that space between the lines between if it's Paul Pogba playing as a more advanced centre midfielder to live between Jack Wilshere and Mark Noble is going to sit in there Jack Wilshere is injured at the moment. Oh, he's always injured. Don't forget about Declan, Declan Rice. Rice. Don't I mean, forget about yeah, Declan, Declan Rice. Declan Rice and Mark Noble are going to sit in that area between Pogba, Madic, and uh, Fred if they're Probably if, Fred, if, yeah, yeah if they're the three midfielders and just going to play balls in over the top to, to challenge Lindelof who who still looked dodgy at the weekend. And against or beside Chris Smalling, rather like Chris Smalling has never inspired confidence in anyone no, except then, maybe Louis like, Van Gaal. They have no width. That's like Luke Shaw getting a bit of got a bit of praise earlier on in the season, and I was like, okay, let's double up on Luke Shaw because Antonio Valencia. Yeah, Antonio Valencia is not going to be able to cross the ball or offer any width. No, like he will at times when he's able. He'll to. offer width in the sense that he'll be out wide, but yeah. he won't do. He won't threaten anyone. With yeah, the he's ball. not. He's not. You know, when you have forward players, the likes of Lex Sanchez and whoever's playing at the right. Lingard probably Lingard or whoever they decide to play at the right like the whole like it's it's almost of such a it's such a messed up situation in attack for Man United that you're amazed that they even get these goals like currently when's the last time United created a goal scoring opportunity for their strikers their actual strikers because I'm trying to think like 
They they Alexis Sanchez put in the one good cross of his whole Man United career against Burnley to get the goal for the first goal. The yeah. fir- that was it. That was and how many weeks ago was that? In that time since then, About three weeks ago. Have they created when they're especially like the, so? If they created in ninety minutes when they're whatever, there are several goals up against young boys. Fair enough because it's easy at that point. But if you're nil all with against the team and you can't even generate a, from open play a chance. Like that's it's a bit worrying for your centre forwards. That's the way it is like the chances are falling to midfielders because they're breaking in and creating space. And maybe that's Mourinho's tactic is to try and create spaces between the lines and use the Kaku as a drug by light battering ram for the defenders to keep them busy. Maybe that is the idea, but it's certainly not getting the best out of Sanchez. It's not getting the best out of Rashford. Yeah, so it's there's not a lot the of talk about Alexis Sanchez this week. Uh, that he's thirty he's, years old. He's now being and, ranked uh, amongst the some of the worst. Uh, post Ferguson Manchester United signings and they've, they've been some bad ones so well, but, what is he the equivalent 35 million or something yeah he's uh, on an incredible amount of wages but he's the he was the equivalent of 35 to 40 million transfer because he was a swap with with Henrik Mkhitaryan. Henrik Mkhitaryan and a significant wage hike on Henrik Mkhitaryan yeah. like he's on as, in, as you said a huge amount of money yeah he's not been good so far he's what three goals is a couple it three? Of assists. Yeah, I can. He got a couple of penalties, I think, but I can't remember any actual goals. It's not, it's not been good so far, and he's he's cost a lot of money. He pl- like Arsenal performed better since he's left. What's in, what's going on with Henry Mkhitaryan? Just a quick tangent. I haven't seen him in a while. Henry Mkhitaryan is he injured? No, Just he out played. Of favor? No, he played. Uh, yeah, they're crying. They're, they're Arsenal are not going to Arsenal too deeply, but Arsenal aren't. Unai Emery is struggling at the moment but not in the way like oh he's struggling he's, going to he's just struggling way, to figure out who he's actually yeah, playing as in the week. club you're starting to feel the effects now of the last few years I just haven't seen Mkhitaryan in a while it's kind he's of trying to figure out I don't know if he thinks Mkhitaryan has a future at the club or whether he's for sale because I think a lot of players at Arsenal for sale at the moment Mkhitaryan would seem to fit into Emery's plans but like that type of player is what as what Emery has looked at before but he doesn't seem to want to use him as much or maybe he's trying to He's trying to figure something else out. You. Well, he's trying to figure out what's going on with Ozil and Ramsey. Yeah. For sure. I think that's the main concern at the moment. This is an experimental season for Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. With their, with their team lineup. But to go back to Man United, they... Like, Derby County in the League Cup this week. They played, Derby, they played Derby last year and the year before. They played them a few times, actually. It's Frank Lampard's Derby County this year. I know, it's different now. It's not... Uh, two uh, two former they players. They struggled last year in the FA Cup. Was it the FA Cup there in that? Oh one? yeah, it was like Lingard got a really late goal. Scott yeah. Carson made a bunch of really good saves yeah. from what I heard. And like that was not a well performing it was not a functional derby side. Yeah, they, they got to the playoffs, but they were always the fourth. Yeah, they're all over the place and they spent a lot of money to get to the playoffs. Yeah. So Second game in a row though that Mourinho's gone up against a former player of his. We'll see how it goes. I do not fancy I have a feeling, and it happened for a fair while with Mourinho former managers, that Mourinho former managers kind of never got one over on Mourinho, really. I like, can't think of uh, Mourinho former players, such people like Phil Spoas. Uh, Did they even play? Did oh, they yeah, go for against? Spurs. Did they not? Am I completely missing that? <laughs> you may have, I can't think now. Was was Phil Spoas there when Ch- Mourinho went back to Chelsea? I thought he was. Maybe he, might he wasn't. Have been. Maybe he wasn't. Remember. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe Pochettino was already there. Um, but yeah, I've, I don't know why I have that impression in my head that Mourinho does not, like Brendan Rodgers, obviously a few times he got the better of Brendan Rodgers, his former coach. Yeah, you mentioned the Jerry Slip, like that's yeah. one of the 
That's one of the bigger ones. So maybe that's what's in my head that he's just like Brendan Rodgers never had a great record with Mourinho. Yeah, but like again, Man United should be winning no matter, no matter who's yeah. in charge against yeah, Derby. I don't think Derby even t- like Derby will probably want to focus more on the league anyway. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, the league not, cup is going to. They're be, not a uh, mid-table Premier League side. It's not to a, like a bonus this week. I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very straightforward week for a lot of Premier League sides, including Manchester United. But then Tottenham got back to winning ways after a 2-1 win against Brighton, but it's been a... They were poor. It's been a rough I few think, weeks for them. Like, usually when you see the conditions being so bad, and they weren't horrifically bad, the pitch was still alright, but it was very wet and very... Oh, it was incredibly it wet. Was, yeah, and because it was quickly wet, it was like heavy rain in a short amount of time, the surface was very slippy. There was surface water, and I think it actually benefited a lot of Spurs' play because... They, their goals they got were so sloppy like the, the first goal which was a penalty Shane Duffy did the classic Shane Duffy just he's just so awkward they're like ah oh, Shane Duffy don't be kinda, knocking Shane Duffy like, he kind of fell legend. into Youngman's what's his name Song yeah Youngman's Song Youngman's Song and just kind of ah oh, Shane Duffy you're kind of like it's not really a penalty because it's Shane Duffy you know it's kind of like oh. it's the Shane Duffy rule yeah it's kind of like that's just kind of how he moves you know and sometimes he makes contact with players and he ends up you know following them and then Harry Kane stepped up and it was so good I was watching it on TV and the BT put up their infographic of where Harry Kane sends all his penalties he sends them all the same way to oh yeah that was, that was a talking point during the World Cup keepers yeah. left and he did it again. I was like, he's going left here. He even looked kind of like he was going. He's like, ge- he's gearing up from the angle of his run. He's just going to hit this to his left, he, like Harry Kane's left, keeper's right. And the keeper just died all the way. He dived. Like, why don't you do your homework, Ryan? Whatever is he Australian? Yeah, he. he I think he's Australian. Or is he English? He was off in the Spanish league. Yeah, he played before. for Valencia for that was very weird, yeah. Um But they lost two one as well at Inter Milan during the week after, despite being one 0 up with ten minutes to go. Yeah. Inter, Inter did that classic thing of like oh this this Italian team that plays good football and you know they have these players that you haven't really heard of but you know they're they're meant to be decent enough and you get a lot of um, people who've never watched Italian football seeing like Icardi for the first time or seeing Perisic now after the World Cup or seeing uh, Nangolin because he missed the World Cup he wasn't picked for Belgium and then they just underperform like mad Inter but then Spurs just again Spurs. not playing well yeah they Spurs it up and Despite the fact that they were relatively comfortable for the entire match, like well, the first half Inter was a couldn't little... create anything. Inter created a couple of chances in the first half, yeah, but they was, weren't. They couldn't get the ball to Icardi at all. Icardi was really frustrated. Uh, per- uh, didn't Perisic have one shot that tested Vorm at yeah, one point? It was um, kind of a mess. Mangalin got weird kind of angle. But to concede the two goals the way they did, yeah. like the- Icardi's goal was a phenomenal. Why strike. did he get the ball? It was, uh, we only had a few minutes left. The, Shut them down. Like. Did you see the thing of like uh, that's only the fifth goal that Cardi has scored for Inter Milan outside the box? Yeah, well, that's how the player he is. Yeah, a bit of Vanessa Roy really esque. Um, but that's a good start for Inter Milan in their group stage because yeah. they're going into this match. Apparently, Inter were targeting third. Like they, oh, really? they are just targeting third. But with a victory against Tottenham, you have to Who imagine. Was in the group? Who's the third? Barcelona team? and uh, uh, PSV Eindhoven. Yeah, you see, Bar- like. Just, we we won't go into it too deep but like PSV are wiped off the floor line, line, line Messi they didn't even play off. too poorly it was no, just Messi Messi was just so Messi good. being Messi scoring a free kick for God's sake yeah. if he does that you're like ah duh didn't, wasn't there a red card in that game as well oh I think so uh, I don't remember now but yeah either way Barca- I forgot completely that that's the same group Barcelona are going to win that group with a canter probably yeah and it doesn't matter that's just their standard but group but having beaten Tottenham now you'd imagine Inter Milan will have that greater uh 
emphasis on the fact well, that they the might home, get second. It's still the home game. So yeah, if it was away. You imagine that all difference. they need is an away draw at Wembley. Yeah, which I wouldn't put past them, and maybe the match like that would be either match. Like, they all they need six. to do is really just frustrate you know, Tottenham. Yeah, which I can see them doing, especially if it's at Wembley, which it looks like they don't look like they're moving. Yeah, it doesn't look like they're January, going to the White Hart Lane for a while. Yeah, just see they're just riding off the season. Apparently, stadium wise. <sighs> Spurs. Yeah, Tottenham, if you if you yeah. want to read the Spurs about it was in a a building journal, which is a bad sign because this is like an officially published journal within the building industry. Yeah, it's not nothing to do about, with sport. It's just yeah, this story talking is. about how stories of of contractors coming on allegedly starting with cans of beer in the morning yeah. going into hard drugs by the time the afternoon came around while building a stadium That's their and apparently smack. it failed the reason that it's been pushed back to indefinitely currently but likely to be January or ne- early next year is because it failed essential te- essential safety tests which is a bad sign for a stadium so uh, you're people. saying uh, West Ham will still have the greatest stadium migration of all time then possibly possibly <laughs> and then uh, finally in the news Chelsea dropped their first points of the season but at least Jorginho completed a record-breaking 180 passes. Well, he attempted on. He didn't. Oh, I he didn't complete them. Like no. 100 and something. How many? 114 or 15. Okay. Maybe it's higher than that because that would actually be a really bad passing completion percentage. <laughs> yeah, especially when um, a lot of. Them I'd work. imagine it's probably something close to it. But he attempted 180, which is two a minute. Yeah, and it's double, or it's a hundred more than the standard Premier League average. Yeah, uh, even like Tony Kroos average is like 114. I think I heard. Yeah, which is still. An immense amount of passes. He's the second. Yeah, like Xavi, highest. Leon Britton, probably at his best, who was like the metronomic Xavi in the Swansea side. What player. a player! Well, he was. He did. He did his thing. Every pass best he made was, in the world. was sideways or backwards. Best player in the world, without a doubt. Well, statistically, he was pretty good for a while, but um, even he never came close to that. It. I've been saying this for a while. Watching, I've said since preseason that there's a reckoning coming for Chelsea. No, yeah, but you would have expected it at the start of the season when yeah, but, they're adjusting to the new system. Sorry, seems sorry system adapted like the players have adapted very well to sorry system. Like he hasn't changed a huge amount. Like if you watch them so far, they are playing a very similar defensive structure. Like David Luiz is back in there, but they're playing tight, compact zonal marking. They're pressing up, keeping close to the midfield, so they're making the pitch very short and very small. Which is similar enough to Conte. Conte did it in a different way, but it was similar enough. He kept it tight, close to the back. Everyone was very compact. So that, you know, was carried on from last season. And it's just up front where they kind of changed a bit, where they have a greater emphasis on the wingers running in behind and creating chances that way. As opposed to give it to give it to Eden Hazard and he'll dribble away through. These are runners over the top. That's kind of how they've changed things so far this season. And it's tried to push, you know hazard to be a bit more central although it hasn't really that isn't really the been the source of their success so far this season but you go against West Ham and West Ham okay these guys are just going to try and pass they're going to try and play it over the top to a player like they did counter-attack goals they scored against whoever they played last week Cardiff Cardiff which was Cardiff so you know yeah three three points yeah you know by five goals but it's what they did against Arsenal it's what they did in the first week of the season as well Against Huddersfield. Against Huddersfield. Like, and there was space there to be exploited. So West Ham did the class. Okay, we'll just put everyone really far back. You can't get over the top of us. You'll hit the you'll hit the byline. You'll hit the corner flag area and you'll try and get a cross in. And who are you going to get a cross into? 
Olivier no, Giroud. Olivier, there. yeah, but Olivier Giroud double marked. Yeah, he was effectively or Morata, taken out of the game. A mess. Morata came on and it did seem to help Chelsea's overall style of play. But then once it got to Morata, it completely yeah. fell apart. He's a better, he's a better footballer, but he's not a better link player. And he's currently way and out of was, form. It was weird though because Hazard, there were at least two opportunities where Hazard could have just hit one yeah. and would have at least t- challenged Fabianski in goal. Yeah, but he's not and that instead, type of player. Instead, he just passed it to yeah. Morata and Morata did what he does. Like Hazard needs a complete readjustment the way he's playing, and I think that is the long term goal for Sarri well, to bring him about... into that runner over the top to get on the end of those passes because at the moment. Hazard is either dropping deeper, which is not what you want Hazard to do, or he's moving more centrally, which is not. That's too congested. But Sarri did uh, say that he wants uh, Hazard to score 35 to 40 goals a season, which obviously is twice as many as he normally scores. Yeah, some usually every second season he doesn't get that many at all. Yeah. As it's been with his Chelsea career. How many did he score that Mourinho last season? A couple in the whole season. Yeah, it was about two or he three. Even missed penalties. He, if I he, won, he won less than the league title, so. Yeah, he did. And, but obviously the easiest easy uh, comparison to make as well is the Dries Mertens comparison. Yeah. Dries Mertens started out on the left and he came in. Dries Mertens was a very middle. decent player who was getting on in his age, who had done well at Napoli, had been a loyal servant. And then Sarri comes in and Sarri does what... It's not that he played in the middle. He's still playing from the, wing, from the wing. He's just coming in and taking shots, which is what I'm saying is like, he wants his striker to be more withdrawn to draw players out to create space in behind which is what Morata kind of did against Huddersfield and it's what he did against Arsenal to create that space for, especially for the second goal against Arsenal and that's what he wants his striker to do but now teams have already wise, have what, wisened up is that the correct that's word? That's a word yeah. wisened up to it and are just okay we're just going to play play really deep and then you won't get a ball in over the top and then you'll be reliant on your striker or something amazing happened like what happened in the Europa League where kind of Willian just scored I completely forgot that they played in Europe. Yeah, League. they still won that match. This is the first match of the season that they've actually not got 100% yeah, of the points. They're two points behind Liverpool now. And they say, like Sarri said, they're at least a year behind Liverpool in terms of development. Maybe in a year they'll be challenge Liverpool. That's, uh, that's not mm. been good enough for Chelsea in the past, though. But, like, that's the reality of it. Like, he's going to f- fundamentally change the way they play. Now, I think they'll... Like, the reckoning is coming because, like, Serginho and all that, oh, great, but... By having, not Jorginho, Jorginho. I keep getting confused with the old Brazilian player. Jorginho uh, is coming in, he's metronomic, as we, we said, 180 attempted passes, passing it around the place. But then Kante, he's usurped in the system by Kante, because they're playing three in midfield now, as opposed to a kind of a four, a four, it was more of a 4-2-3-1 they yeah. played under Kante. Now it's a clear 4-3-3. So Kante is on the right-hand side of the three, and he's often the most advanced forward player of the three. And then that, because Serginho or Jorginho always has to play at the deepest because he's a deep lying playmaker. He's not a runner. He doesn't have a huge amount of pace. He's not going to be running onto these balls that, that are being played on. So he's back there. So you have Kante out of position, not really knowing what to do, not tackling, not making a huge impact on the team. His tackling numbers are way down on last year. Are they? Yeah, he used to average about four a game, now he's maybe averaging two. See that's like, it's early in the season, but like, you have you. It's a choice, and I think Sarri's making it surely, but surely I I don't think Kante's on for that club. I think if Sarri can find a replacement who is more, a more all around energetic player, Ross Barkley. Well, he might want to build him someone like Ross Barkley. Like I think Kante's a fantastic player. He's so efficient. He just, this is the wrong coach 
at this time in his career. Yeah, because you have Jorginho, who is not N'Golo Kante. They're vastly different players. Like Kante can pass the ball short. He has made incisive passes in the past. He has contributed attacking. Like he scored goals, like not that many, but he has scored goals. He scored about time. four. Yeah, you know, but he's a te- he's he's been part of Chelsea attacks usually as a link man or a or like in the in the nicest term possible a water carrier. Because remember the, the amount of times he plays a pass before the pass for the assist. Yeah, where he wins the ball back. Moves it, runs it a bit in midfield, and makes a pass in the opposition, like just in the the center circle, the edge of the center circle, in the opposition half. He makes a pass, and then something happens. Like he can't do that from the right hand side. He's there, and like what's happening? He is Cesar Aspilicueta on the right hand side making overlaps for him. No, because that's not his game. That's not Aspilicueta. So he's the furthest right hand player, other than whoever is up the right wing. Usually William. Usually William, but you know, then you're in, like, do you want to be in the same zone as William? A player that either sends, goes to the line and sends a cross in or cuts inside and tries to play intricate one-touch passing. You're just in his way. You're in his zone. It's not Kante's game. Kante, ideally, Sarri needs a Frank Lampard type player to play that role of Kante. Yeah, like, it's not even necessarily a knock against Kante. It's no, it's not at all. He just doesn't fit in this particular system. No. There's a like, whole, I, whole I think Kante... Teams. I that think, would take him. Oh, there is Paris Saint-Germain probably take him very soon. But like, I think Kante could play the Jorginho role exceptionally well and maybe be less... He wouldn't be as, you know, concerted with his passing, patient with his passing. He would get it to... I think Chelsea are looking in the wrong area for the player. He's trying to... Like, Sarri's trying to adapt his Napoli system to Chelsea. And I think he needs to be a bit more flexible... With the what he has at Chelsea, he's a very stubborn man. It seems. He is, but like re- reproducing exactly what he did with Napoli. That's I don't think that's what he's going to try to do. Like he's it's not going to stray probably, from that path. He, w- he will be relatively successful, I've no doubt, because he's very good at what he does. But when you have the resources, like Chelsea have resources, everyone knows they have riches. They have a good owner behind them that provides them with significant capital when it's needed. But when you already have. Kante, you have a hugely valuable resource. Player of the year was he twice player there? At least Just once, once. Once, but he was in the in the team of the year several times. Like fantastic. Knowledge is probably the best defensive midfielder. Playing. If you were building a world eleven, you'd probably yeah, put him. World in Cup it. winner. Yeah. Like, and he was a, a, a valued member of that World Cup winning side. And you have him there. Why not use him? Why ostracize him? And I know he's not being ostracized. It's not like he's out of the team, and he seems to be enjoying having this bit more of attacking role, a bit more freedom in his positioning on the field rather than just sitting in front of the back four but like it's not getting the best out of Kante if you're not getting the best out of Kante like you're probably doing something wrong like we're probably way off and and Sarri will prove us completely wrong that yeah it's still early days for Sarri but like I don't see I don't see Kante being a part of the long term future of Chelsea if this is the way they want to play long term there's a lot of things that have to happen with Chelsea for it to go right I think Hazard is as you said something has to happen with Hazard in that he has to become that kind of main attacking threat from the left-hand side if that's where they're going to play him and coming in and scoring goals and using creating Morata or Giroud or whoever they get to play a centre-forward as a more of a link player the way who played who played centre-forward for they had Higuain at one point no but last Sarri had like Insigne they had Insigne they had Milik yeah and like they're not scoring they're, they're scoring 10 to 15 goals in a performing team a season they're not scoring 30 goals the way Trace Mertens was yeah so that's what you need from it. and at the moment Chelsea are very much geared towards the centre forward play still 
despite Sarri trying to shift things around. And I think they've been not fortunate because they've earned their victories and their points so far this season. But it's not... As I said before, there's something not right about that team. From what I've watched them in depth at this point as well, they're they're not playing that well despite their points tally. Like they're not. It's not if you watch them and you watch Liverpool. Say Liverpool are two points ahead of them. Liverpool have just blown opposition out of the way to get the maximum points they have at the moment. They're seven wins or six league wins, seven wins in all competitions. They've blown teams away to get to that point. Not not being you know, oh, this is the greatest team ever type of way, not the way Man City have almost blown teams away at the same as losing points at the same time. But they're, you know, they're just win the matches early, control the match then for the rest of it. Chelsea have been fortuitous, getting lucky with, like, the Arsenal match was a completely lucky match in the end, they got, they got pegged back. The, like, West Ham match could have gone either way in the end. Yeah, Yarmolenko missed a pretty good opportunity late in the second half. And then the kind of fixture list that Chelsea have has been relatively kind. Playing Cardiff away after Cardiff are in their horrific run. Playing Newcastle away when Newcastle are in their horrific run. Their horrific 38-game run. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll get there. I don't know how. Neil Warnock. Three more matches, maybe? I think they have to make a change. I think point. I think he can get to November. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. Yeah, they lost again this weekend to Man City. This at least you can admit. Like, at least... But it's, it's just no. it's Man City. No, but it's not because their goal difference is suffering so bad. Like their goal difference is negative some like twenty? No, it's not twenty. It's close. Though. It's like at least twelve to fifteen at this point, which there's still thirty two matches. They've left. got a point on the board. Yeah, a very fortuitous point <laughs> against a ten man Newcastle. Yeah. Who are in also terrible form. There's they, a lot of teams that have terrible games. form. <laughs> but uh Cardiff aren't escaping the drop, I don't think, bar some kind of major overhaul infrastructurally at that club <laughs> it turns out whoever finishes last can go to the Javis League yeah well maybe maybe um, but yeah as I'm saying Chelsea it's not that they're due a drubbing the way that like Spurs were due like the three consecutive defeats or the way that Manchester United were due getting beaten by somebody but they're they're due something happening. They won't win to... their next five matches. Well, they could go on and win the next five matches. No, I don't be... think... I think it'll be tough. They're playing Liverpool back-to-back. Yeah. In the League Cup and League. And we'll come on to it later. But, like, that'll be the first real test of Sarri. And I don't... By all means, I don't see them getting destroyed. But I don't... I think people who are like, Sarri's already... Look how quickly Chelsea have adapted to the football. Because this happened when Pep came in, if you remember. When Pep came into the Premier League... It was like, look, you know, usually teams need a season to adjust and blah, blah, blah. And Raphael Hunnerstein was on saying, oh, you know, because Pep had started like a house on fire. Yeah, they won, he won his first 10 games. Yeah, and they were fantastic. They didn't, where did they finish that year? Third or fourth. Yeah. Or did they finish third or fourth? It was third or fourth, yeah, because Tottenham finished second that oh, year. Tottenham finished second. 86. Yeah, so third or fourth that year, despite them winning 10 games in a row. Yeah. yeah that's mental. Um, but people at the time were saying, "Oh, you know, he doesn't need time to adapt. To people don't need time to adapt." But they clearly did. They ended up needing a lot of that, needing the first season to adapt. And I think this is going to be a similar thing with Chelsea. That there's something about their current. This is like almost a honeymoon period. There's something about their current form that betrays reality. It doesn't give you the real view of what's going on at Chelsea. And I think there will be not a reckoning, but there'll be an adjustment down to realistic expectations. And you'll soon see that. The title race is a two-horse race again. And it's not Chelsea that's in that two horses. I will love it if we 
I will love it if we beat them. 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 You just kill me, could you at least do that? I wanna know your name. I will love it if we beat them. I better yet stay there, just do that. I will love it if we beat them. 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 I've kept really quiet, but I'll tell you something. He went down in my estimation when he said that. And he's got to go to Middleford and get something. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, 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 I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. As the common phrase goes, a good start is half the battle. However, in the last few seasons, we have seen Crystal Palace lose their opening seven games without even scoring a goal and still finishing 11th, uh, a comfortable 11 points above relegation zone. Even this season, we've seen West Ham pointless after four games, but out of the relegation zone just two games later after picking up four points. Which is just how important is a good start to the season. It doesn't appear to be important at all anymore. Like This used to be what would decide league championships in the the great Ferguson versus Wenger years. Uh you know, between... First like 10 games. 97, 98, until... When? 2002, 2003. Yeah, something like that. Even longer. Well, even then, there was a thing that back then that if Arsenal didn't start strong, Man United were going to win the league because they'd build up such a insurmountable lead by the time you got to the FA Cup that United would have... Because famously, Ferguson always had March, April, May... They were going to win. Yeah. Straight through. That's always what happened with Ferguson teams. Is as time went on, that's generally what happened from the early 90s on. So you always had to start big to actually challenge, even be considered challengers with Manchester United. And we've we kind of seen that again this year in the lead title. Like Liverpool got that two point edge, yeah. but can they stretch it to four or six or. But like, no. It's the question. But it feels like they need to get They it need there. to, yeah. They need to get like, but even, yeah, they need to get like 12. 12 <laughs> points on, on Man City. And even then, I don't think they'll, they'll maintain you it. You think uh, Liverpool will pull a Newcastle? No, I don't think they have the they have the strength and depth. Well, they do have more strength and depth. I don't no, think they have pull the Newcastle in the sense of losing 12 <laughs> points. Losing. <laughs> Poor Kevin Keegan. Oh, Kevin Keegan. But like the season after that one, Kane Dalglish, the season... Two, two years, year and a half after Kevin Keegan left, 96-97, it was basically no one started well except for Manchester United. Manchester United even didn't even start well that season. I think, was that the season with the kids or was that the previous season? Why? You don't want season? with kids. That was... Was either 95-96 or 96-97? I think it was 95-96. So that was Kevin Keegan's screw-up year. Yeah. So it was the following season when Kevin Keegan left and Kane Dalglish was appointed. And Kane, they finished second that year in Newcastle again. Under Kenny Dalglish. Yeah. And they didn't start well that season. And Man United went off way ahead. And even though I think Arsenal came back into it, as in they played well, I think they finished third in the season. And Newcastle were there and Liverpool were always knocking on the door. Roy Evans and Jared Houllier in charge. 
they Man United were just so far ahead that there was never really a race and you kind of like you have to start early to do to do well that's why Paul Pogba started about attack 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 because he knows Man United are already falling behind they're 8 points behind Liverpool already already like we're talking about the 12 points that Liverpool need six over games. Man City like that's not like where are they even where are Arsenal Arsenal are 7 points behind like they're even not even and Arsenal lost their first two games yeah and they're way back there it might be only 6 points like that's that's bad considering you know Arsenal are going to be bad case this season as we discussed earlier yeah on. of the top 6 Man United are 7th and Watford have infiltrated into the they've yeah. replaced them <laughs> Watford <laughs> have replaced Manchester don't worry Watford he won't be there long they might pull uh, pull off it would the... be some I don't think I think if Mourinho ends up if we come to Christmas and Mourinho is behind Watford Mourinho will not be in charge or Man United are behind Watford Mourinho will not be in charge of the club uh, I don't know. I think Mourinho could uh, could manage to stay in that team or stay in that club a lot longer than maybe he should do, perhaps. But to go to your original point about Crystal Palace being lo- seven matches without a win and then saying going to a left, I think it comfortably shows the the kind of lack in quality beyond a certain level in the Premier League, or maybe not the lack of quality, the kind of parity in quality that everyone is level with each other. That but it's just not at a high quality. Well, it might be at a high quality because everyone's level at each other. Everyone can beat each other. So then in previous decades or in previous even the last five or six years, you'd have a differential between uh, who's the newest league pro, like a Wolves and a Leicester City. A t- like not Leicester's not even fair. A Wolves and a West Ham. West Ham are an established Premier League side with international players. And have been there for years. While Wolves just been promoted, they've got a lot of players who aren't used to even England, let alone the Premier League. A lot of they don't have a huge amount of Premier League experience in the side. And you think, okay, West Ham should have enough to crush Wolves in this situation, but they don't because the players are of such a higher level of quality than the normal promoted Championship side that they're at the same level and then can beat each other. And then both could lose five matches and still be on the same amount of points. It doesn't bury one team because. A team that loses five matches might win five matches because the league is so close in terms of quality. The five matches they lost are very close. You look at Newcastle United, who have what won two points, two points this season so far. But you wouldn't say in any of the games they've played so far that they've been destroyed. Yeah, they've, they've been, played their they've own been... game, and they've been there. They've been close to the teams they played. Yeah, against. they've been unlucky. Yes. Like against Chelsea, they were very unlucky. Team like goal against Arsenal, they were unlucky. Even against Man City, they were there was some yeah there element was, of yeah unfortunate. they had a plan. They enacted the plan. They don't have the players like Man City against Newcastle, Chelsea against Newcastle isn't a fair fight. But if they, when they start playing the the Burnleys of this world, the Wolves of this world, the Crystal Palace, the Crystal Palace door, the Cardiffs, well, you know, at home maybe, <laughs> <laughs> you will see a much different match. You'll see teams. Oh, these actually player for player, we could probably swap everybody, and it would still end up with the same result. Yeah, like swap like all oh, the sellers for James Tompkins. James Tompkins is he, he Chris? He's Pines? there, or your man at uh, Bournemouth, uh, Ryan Fraser. Yeah, with somebody else. They're all like of comparable levels. Yeah, like, like uh, not Grant Holt, who's now a wrestler, but uh, what's uh, uh, Murray? Glenn Murray. Like Glenn Murray was speaking last week about got uh, getting into the England squad and like Andre Gray and him and. Troy Deeney, everyone was like, they're all at the same level, but they're not getting in the squad, but Danny Welbeck is. And they don't think that's right. And like, yeah, it's fair enough, you're all at the same level, but 
like and this is a horrible thing to say because it was a it was a terrible thing for England squads in the past but they used to like always stick with the players irregardless of form because they know the system they know each other they get on well and they've proven that they're a high quality player so even if Rio Ferdinand isn't playing for six months even if John Terry is hated by everyone else in the team even if uh, you know someone is injured we're going to bring him to the World Cup we're going to bring Danny Well back to the World Cup or something or even Joe Jack Wilshire hasn't played in two years we're going to bring him to the European Championships because we know he's a quality player over someone who plays every week week in week out and is doing it for their club but that club isn't a top six club like because these players are interchangeable we kind of forget about them all yeah, and we is, don't rate them there, the same way as the top certain, six clubs. There's so many of them; they're all the same level. There's a certain element of it all just blending into yeah, each other. Exactly. So there's a there's a homogenous nature to the mid table at the moment. Yeah, that's what we said at the beginning of the season. There's going to be a top six and a bottom fourteen. But it, I don't think it's as bad as it was last year. Like I, I think if Chris, I think if someone lost their first seven games this year, it would be more of a challenge for them to finish eleventh. I don't know because they, you're I looking at Newcastle. It's possible for them to get out of the relegation zone like Crystal Palace did, but I don't think it's as well, like, easy for them I, to get I, to eleventh. Newcastle probably finish eleventh by them sacking Rafa Benitez, which is no, but I mean, I mean like zero points. Yeah, but to... it's close enough. Newcastle can get to nine. I think Newcastle could get to nine matches and still have two points, which would be relatively equivalent yeah, to yeah. seven consecutive defeats. And they will probably finish eleventh if they keep Rafa Benitez. I, I still think the Premier League, uh, the, the return of the mid-table, I think, is starting to slowly happen. Yeah, there is a distinct quality lapse. We're not going to see another Leicester City this year or in the coming years. Or ever. Basically. Well, no, well, Leicester came from... Like, if you if you were to tell me... Certainly, if you were to tell me the United versus Wenger years, but pre the Abramovich millions, like from... Like 2001. Well, yeah, from 98 until, like, when Wenger won the league. 98 until at least 2002 2003 it wasn't even it was only even it was only even uh probably 2004 it was only in 2004 when united finished third like i know they finished third in 2002 as well behind liverpool but in 2004 when they finished third behind chelsea and arsenal you thought oh maybe there is something different here and the fall you know the following year it's since 2003 there man united and arsenal haven't been in the top two together Wow, yeah, that's that's been a while. But before that, he was like, "There's no one in this league that he like." He's like, "Oh, Liverpool, Chelsea can be good. They were in the Champions League in 2000, 2001. And he's like, "Oh yeah, they can do it." Liverpool won the treble of cup competitions two thousand one. He's like, "Oh yeah, they can do." It. None of them had the stamina to do it over a league season. Couldn't imagine it. And then Chelsea came in and did it. And you suddenly have, oh, Chelsea have won the league and Arsenal finished second and Man United finished third. I think that year yeah. and someone else finished fourth. Liverpool, Liverpool finished fourth. And you're like, oh. Maybe they can't win the league. And then Arsenal fell away. Chelsea were still up there. Man United came back up. And then Chelsea fell away. And then Liverpool came up there. But there's still those four teams recycling until when Man City Man got City there. In, yeah. But even then, it wasn't until 2010 Roughly, that they yeah. really... Oh, was, they're actually title contenders. Yeah. Under, like, Mark Hughes and then Mancini, Mancini for half a season. Like that, But that was it. Like So you had six years almost. Six years, six years, six years. Because you had yeah, Mourinho, yeah, Wenger, then you had the Chelsea with Man United, Liverpool and Arsenal in the top four, as it was called back then. And then you had a top, like, probably still a top four, top, yeah, with Ar- you know, even though Arsenal were getting fourth, their second every year. Yeah, because Liverpool completely faded away for yeah, a few years Yeah, exactly. There. So you probably just replace 
Liverpool, Liverpool and Man, Man City, City for those years, even though Arsenal had no chance really win the league. And then you have Leicester in that complete aberrational year. When all the top six fell away. Exactly. And all the top four. Like you have Arsenal and Spurs finishing second and third. Yeah. Like making no sense at all to the league and Leicester winning the league. But that was like a probably, okay, that is the midpoint or the medium point where everything shifts around it again, the fulcrum. So that's that's one point and then we start another six years. And I think we've started another six years with Man City, Spurs and Liverpool at the moment as being the top teams. Liverpool because, you know, they the success in Europe and the fact that they're building an actual collective, even though Man United finished ahead of them, ahead of them last season. Like that was more of the Arsenal finished second to Leicester type of situation. Yeah. Um Yeah, so it's 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 a strange strange old world we live in but just the in terms of the mid table like last year it was just an amalgamation of 14 teams like even Everton yeah. were dragged down it wasn't a top 6 Everton and a yeah. bottom 13 yeah, it, was like, it was a pure bottom 14 yeah but, but now, currently coming top of the heat yeah. as Sam Allardyce said I think in like probably 10 to 15 years ago at this point when he was still at Bolton saying that you know there's a top there's a top league which he was referred to the top 4 and then there's everyone else, and we try to win the second league. And so other people have uh, have alluded to it, like yeah. other British managers. I think uh, Burnley's manager Sean Dyke said it. Um, we're going to try and win our league. I yeah. think it was said by Southampton managers of the past. When you know this is the best we can do is hope we can finish in this. Coleman, yeah, yeah, we can try and finish in this. You know, top of this. Even league. I think Javi Gracia has kind of made reference to that this season. Yeah, that this is that's our aim is to finish in the top of our secondary league, and that's the way it's going to be for the first, like we said. Unless there is another crazy upheaval, which will probably be in about five seasons' time when something else happens. The Wolves the... finally find their final form. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but like that's that's a long way away before anything really but, but it is better for the league to have an actual structured mid-table or like you can look at four or five teams and go they're not going to get relegated they'll pose a threat in a given match to the top six well, it, you have and to, when they play each other it'll be entertaining like look at Fulham against Watford at 12.30 last Saturday <laughs> yeah, fair enough but it's <coughs> an entertaining match between two teams who you'd be fairly certain won't get relegated this year yeah uh, last season there was none of that it was like every match was almost a relegation six point in the last two seasons yeah and there was a lot more yeah as you say because there was and, a lot more the at stake qual- everything was more yeah, cagey exactly and whereas, the stakes were just like people panicking and then yeah you're saying the quality wasn't that whereas great whereas with something like Fulham Watford it could be a little fun both teams realise you know they'd like to get the three points but it won't be damaging to their season if they lose and it ultimately finished one all, wasn't it I think it was one yeah, yeah I keep for some reason thinking Watford won that but it was one no it was one off. Mitrovic with the, yeah. the glorious goal so yeah, it was just good to see Fulham and Watford just play each other in a match, televised match as well, which I think adds to it as well. And, and, we'll see, <laughs> and we will see more mid-table, because going into the weekend I thought it was a little unusual that that was the 12.30 match and yeah. not something else, like Man United Wolves. Because it's European week. Yeah, but even like, what difference is an hour and a half, truly. Truly, yeah. Uh, so I thought it was a little unusual, but off the back of it I actually think it was good that that match was televised because it does give that mid-table feel that okay yeah there are a few teams yeah. it's about five or six now Yeah, it's healthy I think it, you're probably right it's probably healthier for it's the better league. to have teams like Cardiff in the league that you know will come last Yeah, than have like last season which was 14 teams of relative quality yeah it was like you didn't up. know who like was Swansea weren't that worse that, they weren't really that much worse than Southampton last season but yeah. they went down or even Swansea really weren't that much worse than 
Crystal Palace. No, or, or Everton last season yeah. under Sam Allardyce. You know that, and they finished top top half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a good point. But yeah, you're right because even with a higher quality mid table, as you say, like a like clear distinction between who are the bad teams and who are the good teams. A lot of those mid table teams suddenly have a lot more to play for because they're playing for, you know, a higher position that they can potentially reach and then achieve. You know. Not because they'll get X, X amount more money for finishing ninth over 10th, but because they're getting that much closer to being elite in the league and growing. And, and that bit closer to European football. Yeah, and being that bigger team in the league, to being that team that could potentially be Leicester one day and win and, the league. And hopefully it leads to the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup having a few, uh, uh, someone that isn't one of the big teams winning. Yeah, it'd, be nice to see, it'd be nice to see one of Fulham or Watford win. So who the we had that won Portsmouth and Wigan? Yeah, big team. even in the Carabao Cup, it's been all the big teams. Yeah, I'm trying to think who's the last non-big team yeah. to win the League Cup. Swansea. Swansea, yeah, 2013. Yeah. Like, we have teams in the final. Yeah, like, even look at Crystal Palace <coughs> in the final of the FA Cup Yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, Hopefully we see more of that because of that extra safety. Net. Like, teams teams will be, be able to realise, okay, we're not going to get relegated, so we can afford a cup run. As opposed to like Newcastle constantly losing in the third round, yeah. Bournemouth throwing out a. B I can't team. wait for Newcastle to lose in the third round again. Who's it gonna? Who? Is, what would be the most realistic yet also embarrassing? Rotherham three, Newcastle one. <laughs> Write it down, folks. Yeah. Very <laughs> first. See if they draw Rotherham, I'm like some kind of like hero. If Rotherham were still even in the FA Cup, surely there's. I presume the first round hasn't been played yet, so they're still in the FA Cup. Uh, the first round is normally November, yeah, yeah, somewhere like that. So yeah, it's it's just overall that's my point. But going back to the original question of how important is a is a good start, it, it's it's nice that a good start isn't like if you have a bad start, it's not going to completely ruin your season. Mm. And it's like I don't know. No, it's, it's still yeah. You're saying a a, a decent year end performance, like even at the top of the level like of the league, Manchester United have as you said, are, what, eight points off first at the moment? And Arsenal are about six points off first at the moment? They're still going to have good seasons, comparatively speaking. They should Compared still to like finish in Everton, They're going to have better seasons than Everton. And Everton are probably going to have a, a celebrated season and they'll finish seventh or eighth. That's just, yeah, that shows you what can be overcome in a season. And I, I, I also enjoy the fact that we have, and I, like you talked about Neil Warnock earlier, but this time last year, there had been, what, two sackings already? Maybe three? Yeah. And no one's been sacked this year. But is that kind of... Not to bring up Ireland in this equation, but is that a kind of... You know, at the moment, Ireland are having their worst... Possibly, it is the worst time in Irish football in living memory. For 40, 50 years. Yeah. So, because there's nothing coming through, because the youth system is so bad, because the club system here is so bad, because there is nobody be even been un- uncovered as like Irish relatives that will actually play for Ireland anymore and you're looking at it and you're like with all of that given all of that the fact that there isn't a like a cohesive plan or a modern plan or good football being played by the national team with the management team there is what's the point in changing anything and you're in the Premier League and you're looking at all these teams and they're looking at the as you said the homogeny of everything and you're like is there a point in changing anything with the exception of Cardiff, we probably should change <laughs> <Yeah>. something. <clears throat> but if you're everyone else, you're like, what's what's the point? Why should I sack? Like, why should like Pellegrino? Pellegrini. Yeah, West Ham. Not Pellegrino of Southampton. Now I'm getting confused. But Pellegrini, Manuel Pellegrini at West Ham had a terrible start to the season. 
They, he was threatened to get sacked. So was Claude Puel. Look, Claude Puel is going to get sacked at some point. Nobody likes Claude Puel for whatever reason. It's, but, the, uh, I just, it's the fact Cherry that he really loves Gilles. Claude Puel. Oh, yeah, because didn't he manage him? <laughs> he managed him at Monaco. But, uh, or he was coach at Monaco, not a manager. But, uh, yeah, but no one's been got rid of because what's the point? So how long until we do see that first Two more matches, Neil Warnock. <laughs> and Big Sam comes in? <laughs> Possibly Big Sam, would he move to Wales? <laughs> Where's Tony Pugh's? Tony Pugh's up Middlesbrough, maybe he would. <laughs> Just be no, but I think Cardiff, Cardiff showed their four thinking enough because the last time they did this. Yeah, hey, I feel kind of bad for any Cardiff fans that listen to the show. Yeah. Every week we kind of make a joke in Cardiff. No, but like, they can't score goals. Their defence is really slow. Like the fact you brought in, okay, you brought in a couple of Premier League operators into midfield. Just the one. Well, yeah, but you have a bit of guile in midfield, but you don't have anyone to score any goals. The players you do it like Junior Hoylet. Is he a Cardiff? Yeah, his Neil Warnock brought him really? there, didn't he? didn't he? Or is he still a QPR? I've absolutely no <laughs> I idea. I don't know, but yeah, he former Blackburn player. I think he's at Cardiff. You know, if that's your big creative outlet, you're like, whoo. Not gonna get money goals anymore in the in the modern football. Like he would have been great fifteen years ago, even maybe twenty years ago. <laughs> but uh, now you're like you like these. You're not gonna get close enough to basically. They're hoping for a match where you play your defenders ten yards from your goalkeeper, very deep, and you have a big man up front you can send crosses into score. Modern Premier League defenses are playing forty yards from their keeper, where you'll need a lot of pace, and these defenders are also very fast. So you need to figure another way out to play. So no and I don't think I don't think no. I don't think uh whatchamacallum, Neil Warnock is going to adapt his game to a stage where he can do it. Their pass and completion it, rates are getting better every week. That's something I suppose. But started that, in the fifties up to the sixties. That's still not good enough. Oh. Like just you have to like just for the ver- for virtue of keeping your players not enormously tired every week you have to keep that higher because you have to hold on to the ball to stop you having to defend constantly it's exhausting defending constantly which is what they're doing at the moment inviting more and more and more pressure until a mistake is made which has happened in every single match they've played this season a mistake has been made somewhere leading not not necessarily to a goal in every match in most matches (laughs) but leading to a definitely goal scoring opportunity in every single match because the players just misplaced the passers a bit tired and you see they're not they're not tracking them who they should be tracking fast enough or they've missed someone at a, at a set piece and if you can't that's the that's the saddest quote for Cardiff is they have to be impeccable in all those situations and because they're not they're bottom they're going to stay bottom aren't they bottom? <laughs> they must be they must be bottom they only got a point against Newcastle didn't they? I do think so I can't even <laughs> really remember should know this. but because yeah Things are not going to improve unless they drastically change the way they play football. And I don't see Neil Warnock drastically changing the way they play football. I think he, he did this at QPR last when he got QPR up that time. And you could see, like, he has not changed at all. He knows how to, like, somehow get better, get the best of other managers in the championship. I don't know how other managers in the championship are not wise to him at this point. He's 71 years old or something. And he plays, if you watch the Sheffield United team that he got promoted in 2002, Six. Is it that far away? Uh, if you saw that team and then watched this Cardiff team, you know, sure they're playing a bit more, te- a bit more on the ground because they have just to. a bit more. Well, because the players are bred to play a bit more on the ground than they were back then. But other than that, it's the same strategy of football: get the ball out to the fast sides at the wing, 
get a ball into the box and either you have your big man up front or you have your fast man up front and one of them will try and turn it in but like when you're when the defense just cuts off that man at the wing or when they're just marking double marking your man up front you're not getting anywhere near the goal and that's why the goals that they scored against say Arsenal were just complete kind of fluke goals a set piece and the other one was a what was it they're both set pieces weren't they I, I don't even, even remember. remember, but like they're the only opportunities you're getting, and if if teams are just better at marking you than you're expecting, you're done. They're six matches in; they have one point. They haven't even had; they've had bad. Like in fairness, they played Man City, they played Chelsea, they played Arsenal. They lost all three matches. <laughs> they can be written off, but the lack of performance against the likes of Newcastle, against who else did they play? I can't Somebody even else, but they didn't put, they didn't string passes together. They're just so forgettable. Like I, I feel for them, like because they did extremely well. They, they got automatic promotion. Oh yeah, they overachieved last year. Yeah, they like, did better than Middlesbrough. They did better than Fulham. They did better like them teams that actually tried to play football. Derby, as we spoke as well. You know, teams that like were geared to go and promote, getting promoted. These the Cardiff were expected to do okay. They'd have some investment, but they weren't. They weren't even the top not even the fifth best squad in the championship last year and they finished second can't knock that so Griezmann qui ne peut pas frapper derrière lui il y a Paul Pogba une première fois et la deuxième et la deuxième quelle efficacité quelle efficacité Paul Pogba Pavard oh how about that glorious out the show now with our Premier League preview uh, we're going to start with the Saturday 12.30 kickoff West Ham against Man United we've talked about this briefly earlier like you have to say what Man United are favourites because West Ham have been like kind of crap but they've improved they've they improved. have improved last couple of matches bringing Declan Rice into the side maybe a better idea than I wonder like Mourinho now is looking okay Declan Rice this young this young Englishman Declan Rice I'm watching him Let's let's put pressure on him. Let's make him make a mistake. Let's ruin his life. Didn't he score an own goal last year against Arsenal? I want to say. 
I, something that seems, sounds super familiar about that. Joe Hart was in goals. So uh, yeah, it was Joe Hart in goals, so it's not, it doesn't really count. Fabianski's a better keeper than Joe Hart. Um, you're looking at it, you're saying Man United's probably favourites, but then as we said, West Ham come to this, they play in that channel, that, that area between Pogba and then Modric, or Modric, Matic and Fred. To probably is, uh, is this a game for Fellaini? Fellaini against Mark Noble. <laughs> That's what I want to see. <laughs> it's like Lee Cattermall or something back in the day. Can uh, Fellaini recreate Wayne Rooney's goal against West Ham a few like, years ago? Man United generally win against West Ham. It's just kind yeah. of... There has been a few other... Like the last game at Upton Park. I remember Alan Kerbishley got a few over Ferguson back in the day. Yeah. So there have been matches, but like you always kind of expect that even if West Ham come into in good form, and they're in a different form at the moment, they're in kind of wonky. They've Four had, points from the last two games is good, but then when you stretch it back... Yeah, it's kind of, but then Pellegrini was only came in, and he's trying to adjust the way they play to be... I don't even know what they were playing last season anymore. Like under David Moyes, it was very much a... It came in... Let's, survive. Let's survive, because it's kind of... Even though they... Like, West Ham are so weird because they should never be in a position where they, they're in one of the biggest stadiums in the Premier League. They have, you know, some of the most loyal fan base. They have, like, loyal enough players that stick with the place. They've spent a decent amount of money. They have a decent enough youth academy, like, youth prospects coming through and they're developing. Like, everything is geared to that club to be successful. And then and they've had good managers. Like, Stefan Bilic is a good manager. He did well with them the first while. And Dave Moyes has had his problems, but he's a good manager. And for he did well with like them West in the Ham. end. You know, he would have done well if he was kept on as a manager, probably. He would have kept them mid-table, no problem. But And then bringing in Pellegrini, a, a league title winner. Uh, he's got to a Champions League semi-final. You know, there's only three There's only three managers who have won the league in the Premier League. He's yeah, one he's of one them, of them yeah. with, with Pep and Mourinho. You know, there's pedigree in that side. He has Champions League experience throughout the side. As well as having, you know, the youth in and in the likes of Declan Rice and the likes of whoever else I can't think of right now. You know, he has local players. So you're like, West Ham should be doing okay. Like, I'm not saying they're going to crack into the top six, but they should be, you know, knocking on the door of the they top ten. They should be finishing tenth, yeah. Yeah. And, but then you're looking at them and like, oh, who's going to score any goals? Is Arnautovic gone? Uh, he was injured for the Chelsea match but I don't know if he'll be back for the Man United because I think he would be good against this Manchester United defence although a pacey striker would also be very good against this United defence Javier Hernandez against uh, his old side yeah be- well he's not a pacey striker but he can he can cause problems he can get nooks and crannies as they say against Lindelof and uh, and Smalling like if you go back to the, the Tottenham match at Old Trafford like Lucas caused so much trouble because he had pace. Yeah, and he's like, okay, get a pacey striker up again. Like it happened against the young boys, the pacey striker who I've completely forgot his name of, kept pulling them one way or the other, and creating chances. And if it wasn't for good saves from top of the head, they probably would have at least conceded. You know, yeah, it seemed inevitable that they would have conceded a goal, but in the end, they ended up not. Yeah. So you're like, okay, Hernandez is a bit slow. Arnautovic is a he's not that quick, but he's a big he's a big unit. Yeah. He can cause problems that way. So yeah, he's, he's not slow either. No, but if you have the likes, I would play Arnautovic and then you would have an Antonio alongside him or somebody else alongside with a bit more pace. And just to create space and cause problems. Felipe Anderson will cause problems on yeah. the, on the break as well. And uh, Yermalenko's had a good couple of yeah. games in a row as well. So there is there is opportunity for West Ham. Like, he used to say United are favourites because they have the kind uh, of... To go, just to go back to my earlier point, like uh, the first goal <coughs> being that extra bit important in a United match. I yeah. think whoever gets the first goal wins this match. Yeah. If there's even a goal at all. 
And uh, three o'clock, Arsenal Watford should be entertaining. Watford have a good record in recent years against Arsenal, irregardless of the manager yeah, that's they, in charge of uh, Watford. Didn't they win like three 0 at the Emirates recently? Yeah, and they were knocked down the FA Cup. Uh, oh yeah, was that last year? That was the year they were going for three in a row, was it not? Yeah, and they've won. They've like, I think they won last year as well. But that was at Craven Cottage, not Craven Cottage, Vicarage Road. Vicarage Road. Oh yeah, there was the whole thing with Xhaka picking his nose. Yeah, exactly. So even though the managers change, and even the way that they play football, like Troy Deeney hates Arsenal. Arsenal. He really does. He really does. Yeah, like bringing out the cojones. Uh, yeah, argument. And so, and Watford have been playing well, even though they lost Man United. They've come back, and as he said, that game against Fulham, they had opportunities to probably should have held on to win that match. But they, they beat didn't. Tottenham as well, though. They beat Tottenham as well. So, and Arsenal are like as he said, what's happening with Mkhitaryan? What's happened with Oza? What's happened with Ramsey? Uh, Aubameyang playing on the left hand side seems a bit ridiculous. Like, just play. You've got two central strikers who scored lots of goals and they just play. Use the two of them. Yeah. Use the two in the best position and then figure out the rest of the team. And I think it's a slow process. Like Gary Neville said it best with four or five weeks ago now when he said there's going to be a lot of pain for Arsenal in the next year or so. There's going to be a lot of adjustments to happen in that team, and it hasn't. Like they lost the first two matches. To kind of a betting in period it was acknowledged by the fan base that it was okay, but I think there's more coming that it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And even like I think it could start this weekend. I think Watford could do Arsenal this weekend. And then Everton Fulham, I think it'll just be entertaining because, as we mentioned earlier with the mid table stuff, yeah. like this is just a classic kind of mid table. Yeah, it's match. two teams who also want to play. Open. It's not like watching Burnley against Huddersfield against Cardiff City, you know. Uh, it is two open sides who like playing football against each other, and I think there will be goals in this match. Yeah, that's which is something why I'm highlighting it really. Yeah. Although I said there'd be goals between Arsenal and Everton, I said it'd be four two and if it's two 0 I thought there'd be more than that. Uh, There's Huddersf- chances. Huddersfield against Tottenham should be a comfortable enough win for Tottenham. Yeah, Huddersfield. They were comfortable at Huddersfield like, last year. Huddersfield have a bit more about them than, say, Cardiff City, but they have a lot of the same problems Cardiff City have in terms of your player personnel does not really fit. They don't have the strength and depth of a team that's going to stay in the Premier League. They very well last year to just about stay in there in the end, despite them playing good at relatively attractive pressing football. Like a you know half decent left from Madrid. Oh, they've kind of just reverted to defensive football against the big teams. It's what they have to do yeah. at this point. Is turn okay? Let's okay, keep and let's hold against, on to the ball. It was against Tottenham that they learned that lesson because yeah. they did try to go out and actually play against Tottenham and then Hamilton or Tottenham just steamrolled them. Yeah. So ever since then they've kind of played and, a more defensive. And system. I think that's what's probably going to happen again. Like I worry for Huddersfield mm-hmm. in the longer term because and there's nothing they can really do about it because they don't have the resources. Of but even if else. they even if they do get relegated, finish nineteenth or twentieth this year, they'll be very happy with two Premier League yeah. campaigns. Yeah. Proud. They could be proud about it as well. And the like with what they've done with the resources they've used. Like I hope they're they're looking after the Premier League. I hope they're, they're not going to pull a Blackpool. Certainly. Hopefully not, but hopefully they're okay. We're going to build a training ground. We're going to build for the future. We're going to do what West Brom did 10, 15 yeah, years ago. Except they, maybe a yo yo status. Yeah, if, the, if they can do that, I'd say they'd be ecstatic. And the final three o'clock kickoff on Saturday Mass City versus Brighton. That should be another couple of goals for <laughs> yeah. Mass City. We're looking at maybe another three to five goals for Mass City. Maybe so, if you want to see some goals. Like, I feel bad for Chris Hutton because. But like they lost Spurs last week and they played well and if it weren't for 
the bad conditions they probably could have they've done also kind of had a tough start like obviously they got the victory against Man United but they had to play Man United yeah. didn't they play Liverpool already this yeah, yeah they play Liverpool at Anfield yeah. now they're going to the Etihad they played Tottenham last yeah. week they can get, they've got all of them out of the way yeah. so now they can have a good run till Christmas of playing everybody else just get into that kind of mid-table yeah. zone see and that's what they'll be happy with Chris would be happy with that but then again They've played what they've deserved more than they've got so far. Yeah, from their they matches. deserve something against Tottenham. They just didn't quite yeah, get it. But I don't see them getting anything against Man City. No. yet. I'd be impressed if they did though. Um, then the Saturday evening match is the big one: Chelsea against Liverpool. They they meet in the Carabao Cup on Wednesday. Yeah, that's gonna be Chelsea. Maybe not Chelsea. Hopefully, reserves, actually, certainly Liverpool reserves. I'm hoping that it'll be like the time when uh, I think it was in Ferguson's last season when Chelsea drew, or it might have been when Louis Van Gaal was there. When Chelsea drew Man United in the Carabao Cup and they yeah. both played the kids and it finished like 5 4 after extra time. Yeah, it could be something like that. Well, that I would watch that. Liverpool aren't necessarily going to play the kids, they are going to play some young players, but it's like Fabinho, Fabinho gonna... is going to be there, Shakiri is probably going to play, Daniel Sturridge is probably going to play. You know, there will be some. And that's an impressive number of players yeah. going in Seems as a reserve. Play. He's probably going to play. <laughs> Joe Gomez is going to play. You know, their first like well, Joe Gomez has been in the starting eleven. Yeah, no, I think he'll carry on to the starting eleven for the Caribou Cup to keep his match, to keep those Rona matches going, getting more experience in the in the back line. Like I think the likes of Trent Alexander Arnold might have the night off. Yeah, and, and Ram might bring in. Yeah, and they'll bring in some kids to play those positions. Although the two of them are kids. Yeah, they way. are, but they'll bring someone from the yeah. team in. So how do you see their league match going? I, the, as we said earlier, it's going to be a tough match for. Chelsea because Sarri is starting to feel like unless something suddenly clicks for Eden Hazard and if you realise I can make runs over the top I don't think like I feel Klopp this season has been a lot more defensively aware he knows not now like he he didn't he take Shakiri off against uh, Southampton Southampton at the weekend because they were lacking defensive solidity with him on the him in the, the team even though they were winning 3-0 uh, I think he will play this cautiously. He knows that the performances against the big teams have always counted for Liverpool. Like traditionally, Liverpool triumph; they get the best of everybody in these. Bar Man United, yeah, but they, they, they the struggled the last year away from home against the big teams. They didn't beat any of them. Yeah, but this season they've already arrested that they've won at Spurs. Yeah, so I think so. Can they turn around? But they did that by playing very cautiously. But like, Jorginho's not going to have the time to complete 180 passes this week either. Like no. that's the fear for Chelsea. They're not going to have the time on the ball no. of West Ham of Like I think that's what I'm saying. Chelsea played one decent side so far this season in Arsenal. But and even was, then, and they 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 could have if Arsenal had better finishing, they would have been out they, of sight. But they struggled against an out of sorts Arsenal. Arsenal are finding finding yeah. out the, more about themselves this season, whereas Liverpool are kind of the finished article at the moment. Like they they've worked on this for the last few years. Yeah. This is their season to push Everyone's for the title. Fit. Yeah. Everyone's pushing for it. They're they're sharp. They're going to be like everyone scored goals now. Yeah. Like I I do not see, I do not see this Chelsea defense holding up as well as they have so far this season. For a start, I think they'll be under way too much pressure. A mistake will happen, or someone will be caught out. Like I said before the start of the season, Alonso is still playing left back for Chelsea, and he while he's phenomenal going forward, so he's not lost his touch or his, his eye for a pass. He does not have the legs of a left back playing top five football anymore. Cesar Aspicloeta, while seeming a lot older than he actually is, similarly does not have the pace for it anymore. I think they will have to pay quick players in front of him to cover more ground. 
which would involve dro- dropping Kante back further in the field, which might be good for Kante's performance. But this Chelsea suddenly lose uh, an extra man in midfield for running, and like Jorginho is not going to do that running. So that relies then on the third man in midfield, who will co- uh, the Croatian player again. Kovacic. Kovacic, maybe, maybe Ross Barkley play that third midfielder role. Maybe Fabregas. I imagine it'll be Kovacic. Probably because he does more running than the other two, and he's probably technically at this point better than the other two. Uh, and then you have Hazard up front and Morata maybe or Giroud. If you play Giroud, you're. I up think against... you kind of have to go with Morata in this match, even if he's out of form. But like Van Dijk and Matib. Just gonna just gonna crush him. But what are they gonna do? Send long balls for Giroud only for Van Dijk to win the header. That's what I'm saying. Is that I think no matter they're kind of in trouble no matter what. But and then you have to let, then everything relies on two players, which are Willian and Eden Hazard. If Eden Hazard doesn't get those runs in over the top, which if Liverpool are doing their job, don't let him because they'll double up with Milner or Henderson on him at all times, along with the fullback, whichever player Robertson plus Milner, Robertson plus Henderson. Whichever one has come coming back and marking him, and then it's up to Willian, and Willian has to do it from what a long range shot or a set piece the way he, the way it was that was it last season in the Champions League. Willian did it against Barcelona like that. Yeah, and he's done it against Liverpool before. He has, but he did it in the Europa League last week. Like it's always the fallback position. It's Willian. I don't think that's good enough, and I think Liverpool, like this is just all on the basis of Liverpool playing defensively. If Liverpool go out there like they have in every motor match this season and try and play hundred miles an hour for thirty minutes and win the match. I think they'll crush Chelsea. If Liverpool want to win the league title this season, they have to beat Chelsea. Yeah, absolutely. Weekend. And then the, the final match we're going to look at is a La Liga match. The big European match of the week is the Madrid derby at the Bernabeu uh, Saturday evening. The first Madrid derby without dear Cristiano. In 10 years nearly. Yeah. No Zidane either. No Zidane. Yeah, but Ronaldo, like that's much bigger. Yeah, it is. Much bigger uh, fish. But... Uh, Atletico have kind of had a disappointing start to the season I, I, I could see them just completely I, I focusing feel like on Green, the Champions League I feel Griezmann isn't performing for them because he seems to be in that World Cup hangover yeah. like what do I do now I've I've won a World Cup he needs to win the Champions League is what he needs I to do I feel like he needs to just maybe be given more of a break as well yeah maybe he is a bit exhausted Diego Costa started well but now he's just annoying people again And if he's playing um, and then you have a lot of the Spanish players who are kind of Atletico are in are in this never ending kind of transition stage. See, they do they do also have to bet in new players because they had the transfer ban yeah. the summer before, so they did a load of spending this summer yeah. because they had to make up for lost time. Yeah, it's like Thomas Ramirez has come into the side, who's a huge signing for them. Like they've had to bet him in, who hasn't done it yet at yeah. all. So I could see this favoring Real Madrid, but. It'll still be... Like, like, Lapitegui, these matches are always tense. Yeah. Lapotegi has kind of continued as before in a lot of ways. Like, he's got a bit of credit for, oh, Benzema scoring goals again or being part of a good play again. <laughs> I think that would happen no matter who's in charge because yeah. Cristiano's gone. As you, you made a good point earlier, what did you say about Real Madrid is... Uh, yeah, ironically, I think they'll suffer in the Champions League because they're a better team than they yeah, were last year. They're better now than they were last year, even though, like... It makes no sense that the better team should do worse. But you're looking at, like... Without Ronaldo, without having that fear of Ronaldo, why would you... Because Real Madrid are a limited side, always have been a limited side in that. Some of the best players in the world, but they're heavily reliant on one thing happening, which is someone getting the ball to Ronaldo on a goal-scoring opportunity. But they have Gareth Bale. Yeah, but Gareth Bale does it... A lot of Madrid will fear Gareth Bale after what he's done to them in the past. What would you do to them in the past? Score the winner in the Champions League final. Oh yeah, I remember that. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was an extra time and he had, he was relatively fresh. So he you started know. that match, didn't he? Not? Did he? I think he did. Did he? That he was, was Ancelotti, sure. Fit guy. Yeah. Um, no, that's fair enough. I, I forgot about that. Angel Di Maria made that goal anyway. Um, but I think, I don't, my point being anyway is that I don't think Atletico are going to fear Real Madrid at all. Not that I think. Yeah, any, not that they would. Any Simeone <laughs> side to fear anybody else. People but, fear Simeone. Yeah. Not Atletico but Madrid. At the same time, Atletico Madrid always have that block against Real Madrid. And despite them winning important matches against Real Madrid, they always lose the most important match against Real Madrid. And to be fair, this isn't the most important match against so Real Madrid. It, exactly. <laughs> so, so they will win this. They will. I think they will win this. I think Lapetegui's had an easy ride of it so far. He's had a bit of a honeymoon with the Spanish This is press. his first big test. Yeah, and I think this will be a big... This might be... I don't want to write any obituaries yet, but this might be the beginning of the end. For, <laughs> it's been for six no, but I don't think... I'm not saying he'll get sacked next week, but I think um, if Lapetegui's still in charge come, six nil defeat he's sacked <laughs> no I don't I think it'll be tight but I think come yeah, no, no. come March if Lapetegui's if presuming Real Madrid are out of the Champions League if he's still a manager I might be a bit surprised because despite things being a bit wonky in Spain at the moment like as in there seems to be no one who wants to win this league at the moment yeah. in Spain it's just like Messi it's the Messi so Barcelona and then everyone else is kind of a bit part player it's though the aftermath of Ronaldo being gone at Real Madrid. It's going to take time for La Liga to recover. Like, yeah, it's a huge and then you said like this is this is the opportunity for Real Madrid to pounce again and claim another league title the way they did when there was this vacuum in power after Pep had left, after Mourinho had left, after was it between Carlo taking charge of Real Madrid? But Carlo was there, but Carlo's not going to win a league title either. Well, when, when did Atletico win the league? 13-14, which is when Real Madrid won the Champions League. Yeah, so there was a, a kind of gap there in power in the league. Yeah. And I think that could happen again, but Real Madrid... Well, we talked about a good start being half the battle, being half the battle and yeah. not necessarily being the case anymore, so that yeah. would suit... Yeah, Atletico. I don't think I don't. we're not going to get a, like, a season like... Like, we already saw, like, Barcelona are fallible. They're so... Like, watching... Barcelona drew two all to again. They're still top of the league. It was the first yeah, points they've dropped. Yeah, goal difference. Yeah, it's the first points they've dropped this season. They have 100% record and everything else. They won the Champions League, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, uh, Stuani... So how do you... Yeah, Stuani. Stuani, yeah. the former... Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough legend. Great, yeah. Scored for Girona in this, in, in this match. Did he them, score both? Did he score both? But the goal both. that he put them ahead was just a, a ball over... PK, the, the the Barcelona legend, in fairness, he is basically a legend. He's won everything with them. And the World Future Cup. president, potentially. Most likely. Shakira is Mr. Shakira. Just didn't win a header and then had the... It remind, it's, it's, he had ran back and he lost a foot race with Stuani. Yeah, was it Stuani? Yeah, it was. Or no. No, I don't think it was. Doesn't matter. He I lost a foot race against a Girona player who did not look to have much pace either. Der, Der Sagan made a great save to keep to keep them in and then yeah, the rebound was scored Suani scored the rebound but that was one of those career ending like runs where you look at the player and like you are not <laughs> it might help that level. not as many people have seen this as maybe in a Champions League match perhaps but it was very reminiscent of you ever watch a Legends match or where you see an uh, old pro playing against like yeah. the young pop star and the pop star just having them for pace even though he doesn't have the skill of yeah. the old pro and you saw and it's like ah I just gave up and PK, PK scored the equaliser in that fantastic header at the other end of the field. Well, like, it would have been a penalty if not for the fact that the rebound fell yeah, right to Stuani. exactly. Like, he took him out. And he was a good finish from Stuani, right top It corner. was, like, but, like, Barcelona, 
are in a lot like you said it last year and even though I was very pro Barcelona last year and that they they were winning every match they almost didn't uh, almost did an unbeaten season in La Liga last year you were saying that there was no life in this Barcelona side and I don't think there is I'm agreeing with you this year and I think they're despite them like plugging holes in the offence of the field by bringing in Vidal to kind of cover for Rakitic declining. They've added a bit of depth with Malcolm coming Yeah, in. and they have Dembele performing a bit better than last season. He's actually. not injured. He's not injured. Season. And Coutinho being in there to kind of supplement the loss of Iniesta and Messi just pulling everything out to try and keep the team going. I think that team needs major restructuring and a change because not we will go into it, I know, at a later date, but not to... Not to dwell too much on it, but this side is functionally very. It's like the if you're. It's functionally very similar to the side Pep Guardiola left behind. They play different football now, but it's like a lot of the players are still there. A lot of the structures he Bush gets is still there. Bush gets there. Messi is still there. Jordi Alba, um, are they're still part essential part of the match day squad, and and Suarez, which was after you know. He 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 was he, he was a treble winning player at Barcelona. Yeah, he and he came on to the bit that like Enrique continued what, say, Pep Guardiola and Valverde had not Valverde and uh, Villanova. Villanova had started. That was slightly interrupted by Martino. P- Martino, but he brought it back to the fundamentals and the Messiah, the Messiah, whatever it's called. Yeah, um, and it's reminiscent of what happened with Chelsea when they had a core of Mourinho players for about ten years, and then the, that core started to whittle away and die you know the Czech Terry Lampard Drogba that core of players man that they won the Champions League with yeah the, it started whittle away though like that was the, the end of it that was the last gasp the last gasp before death that's what you're saying the death of Barcelona will come no, they win I mean, the Champions League this year they could well win the Champions League this year they have a squad that could do it and if it wasn't for a bad second half against Roma they well could have done it last year but we they didn't is, is yeah. the point to it, and I think they're they're nearing the end, and a major job needs to be done at that club, and I think they're aware of it at the club, but doing it, knowing about it, and actually doing it are very different things. Yeah, and uh, we'll end on that note. I think. <laughs> that, that lovely ominous note of doom and destruction at, at the new camp. That's how we like to do it here. The well, like, podcast. Just to bring it back, Real Madrid have they knew this day would come with Ronaldo. They didn't expect whole it team, so soon, though. I think they must have. They planned this out. Real Madrid knew that. Okay, we've been suffering for years being based around a one player that everything must run through. Even though we have some of the best players in the world, and the rest of the team, and now we have got rid of them to build for the future. They had to take, you know, you have to pull the mandate off to help the he- help the healing process. So they are undergoing. They they have done the surgery, and now they are recovering. Barcelona are right before they are at the the point where the appendix is inflamed, causing immense pain to the patient. The kidneys haven't quite failed yet. No, like you're still going. You're still making the run in the marathon. They're still running down there. They still got the the fancy shoes, you know, to keep them going. That's messy. <laughs> it's the fancy shoes, you know, keeping you on on your feet. But at some point, your heart's going to give out and you're going to collapse. And that's messy. Nothing your fancy shoes can do about it at that point. Thanks for being here, Andrew. Thanks for having me, Declan. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget you can tell family and friends about the show. Spread the word of the Total Football Takeover. You can also follow us on social media at the TF Pod on Twitter and Total Football Pod on Instagram. We can also be found on podcast services, including Spotify, by searching Total Football Podcast. 
the more the merrier. That's what we always say.